Part 4. Moving on to Spike Lee, presenting for Best Director. I have I have to admit, I was completely bowled over by the, this win by Pong Joon-ho. I this was great. This was great. I did not expect him to win. I thought, sure, it was going to be... Because it kept talking, Sam Mendes, Sam Mendes, Sam Mendes. And I'm like, why? I, I knew... I, I should know, because the Golden Globes always has this one movie that, that the Golden Globes always lavish stuff on one movie and then it gets to the Oscars and the Oscars like, well, no. <laughs> so I should have known that this was that movie. It's different voters. It's different yeah. people. But yeah, Pong Juno, Sam Mendes for 1917, Todd Phillips for Joker. <laughs> I should just say Greta Gerwig for Little Women. Uh, Martin Scorsese for The Irishman and Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Now, Quentin Tarantino did direct the hell out of that movie, for sure. But yeah. um, I wouldn't have felt right giving that, that movie to that. I think, despite our admitted thing of like the climax for Bong Joon for Parasite kind of being a bit muddled, I still think he's the clear winner in this category of the nominees. Ah, I have a slightly different take. Okay, okay, of the nominees. All right. Yeah. If it had been who it should be, yeah, I think the person would be edged out. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Would, you. would you like to hear the entirety of my reasoning? I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. 1917, Sam Mendes is a no. <laughs> a flat Couldn't no. Couldn't be said better. Okay. The choice to do the one shot dominates this story to the point of distraction. It's a choice that so often fights against the script. It's amazing yes. to me that they wrote the script with the one shot in mind. Because it's so often fighting against the script. It's forcing distortions in time and space in order to accommodate a gimmick which is all about continuity of time and space. <laughs> yes, exactly! A exactly. is in a dogfight for several minutes Crashes onto a farm field. Less than five minutes pass. Now the barnyard, which a minute before seemed completely empty, is suddenly populated with a swarm of soldiers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who just, they didn't uh, hear each other and they're like, oh, we saw the smoke. No, you didn't see the smoke. You saw the dogfight and the plane crash in the field because you were coming up the road and there's no trees around the block to view because they've been <laughs> chopped down. <laughs> But we have to pretend that you just arrived and that this plane crash happened long before. And so I had to force my, okay, now I have to like fold time and space in my mind to yeah. make what they're telling me is happening work yeah. logistically because it doesn't make any logical sense. And then we have them get on the truck because we've already said for some reason in the script that it's going to take eight hours to walk there. Well, this movie ain't going to be eight hours long. Right. So we have to speed him there somehow. So he gets on a truck. I'm like, oh, okay. That's how we're going to cut this walk down to two hours. Mm -hmm. But he's only on that truck for five minutes before he gets stuck. Right. And then he spends just as much time trying to push the truck out of the mud as he spent in, in the, the truck. truck. <laughs> and now he's walking again. So how did he – why did we even get him on the truck? So I have to pretend in my yeah. mind that that truck ride was two hours long. Right. It's just, it, I keep having to do this. It keeps fighting yeah. against itself. And, and there's sorry. so many moments that could have been tense and meaningful, like yeah. having like a blind person, someone blinded by dust and who's been hit by the concussion wave from a tripwire, having to jump over a chasm in a collapsing cave. 
yeah. could be like a really dramatic moment, except it's shot in like the least dramatic way possible. <laughs> right, right. Because right. we've committed to this gimmick that doesn't work. Right. You're completely right. And so we were delivered a, a Roger Deacon's demo reel <laughs> that for some reason is has the label directed by Sam Mendes on it. But it should say, please pardon the stupid, stupid choices. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. just frustrating. To me, it was very frustrating that they had such a time crunch. He had such a clock on this movie. And whenever they weren't going towards, whenever they were somehow held up and, and lost focus of that they had to get there fast, 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 tension wasn't being made because of it. Just confusion. Yeah. Love was like, well, why aren't they working towards their goal? They got to get there. They keep taking these breaks. They keep taking these breaks. And, but then it's not like this building, like, oh no, they're running out of time. It's what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Let's stop and contemplate the cherry trees. <laughs> I mean, I know we're human and we get distracted by tactile things, but come on. They knew what their, their mission was. Yeah. They, no, you know, that. I thought that direction of that movie was a mess. Yeah, it was a complete mess. And people talk about how they weren't pulled out of it by the gimmick. Like, immediately, we're in the trench. This is, might be the fault of Roger Deakins. We're in the trench, and when... I think they're still just, like, making their way to get the orders. They're yeah. not even there yet. Right, they've right, just right, been right. summoned. And we start behind them in the trench, and then at some point we pivot around so that we're in front of them. Mm -hmm. And going with the camera going backwards and there's one part where they're rounding a corner camera rounds the corner but then there's a big clump of soldiers there and so the the our 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 characters have to take the long way around that same clump of soldiers but the camera took the shortcut i can still see the shortcut that the camera took <laughs> because it's looking back why didn't they walk through there? It's like this. It felt so forced. Yeah, 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 yeah. That it immediately in the first few minutes, it was such a distancing effect for me that yeah. I, the the movie never regained me no, after no. that. I was I was shocked by the very early date death of one of them by Blake. I was I did not expect I expected this to be a two hander, like the whole yeah. movie. So his death surprised me, but. I'm ashamed to say I was like, well, at least it wasn't the other guy because I don't know if I could watch just that guy for the next two hours. <laughs> I liked I liked Tom and Baratheon. Uh, I actually liked him better. Oh yeah, I mean, and I don't, that's, well, a, that's a script choice, so we could talk. That's a function of the script. I mean, but I, yeah, I, was the movie made better by going down to one person? I, I don't, don't know that I don't it was. Think so because I I was taken aback by that, but it also left me. In the beginning, I was, you know, and the guy who played Schofield is fine. I think he's he's got the right look for the era, and he's he's a good enough actor, I guess. But I remember I was concerned that I was going to be spending the next two hours with these two guys as soon as it started, and that was yeah. only made more prevalent whenever we did our frequent guest stars, where they would walk into a room that became a set <laughs> that we actually went to. To a to bigger actors who weren't going to be there the whole time because we can't yeah. commit to that. But I can be in a stage where you we fake going in there and coming out, and you see Colin Firth and Benedict Cumberbatch and Mark Strong, and then it reminded me of The Incredible Hulk, 
when I was watching the the, the second the second Marvel movie, Incredible Hulk, or I'm watching going, this is good. No, this is good. I like this. This is this is this is good. And then in the post credit scene, you got William Hurt sitting there, and Robert Denny Jr. walks in, and you go, oh no, the rest of this was shit. This is what it could have been. You get a taste of what you weren't getting that you had before, and you're like, oh gosh, William Hurt and Robert Downey Jr., this is awesome. And then, so I kind of felt that same way, because whenever they meet these guest stars, you go, oh, I feel like I got a scene now. And, and that's too bad, because I, I you know the other guys are just as good actors as the, well, the, they're, they're, you know, just because they're not known doesn't mean they're not good, but there was a compellingness to those moments that also took me out of the movie, so whatever. But um, the best perform, I think the best performance in the movie came from the guy whose name I always forget, but he was in, he played Moriarty in the Sherlock series. I was just uh, calling Moriarty. Uh, Adam Scott? Is that it? Adam Scott? No. That's uh, something Scott, something. Yeah, something. I'll have to look it up. But he also was in Skyfall and um, Fleabag yeah, season extremely- two. Yeah. War, war weary guy, right? Yeah. The, the lieutenant that ended up getting um, brought up because his commanding officer was ki- was killed. He his I thought was the best performance in the movie. I definitely want to spend more time with him. Yeah, I I really during that scene I was like these this choice of camera angles and not being able to edit is killing this performance. For yeah. Me. <laughs> The fact that the camera cannot commit to this guy and what he's saying, yeah, like is like ruining the scene. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I had problems with this movie. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Sam Mendes is a no. Him. Sam Mendes is a no. He's a no. I'm going to bump him for a director who succeeded in marshalling time and space to serve and strengthen the script rather than fighting against it. Not to mention all the uh, amazing performances that she was able to Mm. uh, elicit. And that is Greta Gerwig for Little Women. Of course. Of course. This was, yeah. I Uh, would do the same thing. No brainer. Joker, Todd Phillips. The ultimate job of the director is to exercise control over the tone of a movie and deliver a vision that elevates the themes. I credit Todd Phillips for taking a lot of chances with Joker mm. and not making a safe movie. He didn't make a safe movie in superhero movie terms. He didn't make it in regular movie terms. Right. right? He, he swung for the fences. He's, yeah, that's true. I, re- I really give him credit for that. Absolutely. I also think he had a really good handle on the tone. I think he establishes and maintains his tone very effectively through. Which is a very good, very important job of the, yeah. most of this movie. Absolutely. But. But I think Joker is very confused about its themes. Yes. All of which you'll get to hear us go on at length <laughs> in our next episode, mm-hmm. which we'll dedicate entirely to Joker. So I'm going to bump Todd Phillips for a director who exhibited total control and delivered a top caliber commercial entertainment, my dark horse candidate, James Mangold. Yes. For Ford yes. So far, who, you For are- me, beats out... Ryan Johnson by a few meters due to starting position. Yep, you know this is ex- you're exactly in line with my choices. I'm I'm doing the same thing. Oh, nice, awesome. Okay, The Irishman, Martin Scorsese. That's a very good Scorsese movie. It is. The phone call to Jimmy Hoffa's widow, mm-hmm. Joe Hoffa, 
is one of the best scenes of the year. Absolutely. But it mostly feels like stock Scorsese. Yeah. And I can't forgive this. His blocking of De Niro's scenes failed to hide the fact that I was watching a 75-year-old body <laughs> playing a younger man. Yes. And those are... Those are blocking choices you made, and you yeah. could have made different blocking choices that didn't make that so totally obvious. Exactly. You, you you have total command over the camera. You can hide that fact, but no. Instead, it's 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 there to distract me every step of the way. So I'm going to bump this for a director who made for my money the best scene of the year, Noah Baumbach for Marriage Story. I you're doing you're doing my list. It's like you're looking oh. at my list. Awesome. Okay. Then we had the deserving nominees. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino. Uh, I'm on board with you. He directed the hell out of this movie. Huh. It might be his best directed movie. I don't know. Mm, maybe. It's hard. hard to tell. Why even, why even try saying that? Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a very well-directed Quentin Tarantino movie. Very well movie. He's a very good director. Yes. Uh, right? <laughs> um. I don't know what else to say. Bong Joon Ho. Um, we we have entire episodes dedicated to these guys. I don't think I need to no. go on at length. Go go listen to those episodes. But my winner for this category is Greta Gerwig. Yes, I think I think she's the only one out of all the names I mentioned who had com- complete command yeah. over ele- every element of the production, had everything working together. <sighs> Every I'm gonna single, tip my hand. Yeah. It was flawless filmmaking. Yeah, Little Women it, is flawless filmmaking. Yeah, there's, I, I'm getting emotional just saying. It. <laughs> there's every single moment and every single element within those moments sung. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, there's zero notes. Are, zero. Are, are, <laughs> Yes. My episode on Little Women where we do one to be very boring because I have zero notes to get this movie. Zero notes. Yeah. I agree. You don't you don't touch little it's a it's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, my my exactly I'm line with you. Noah Bombeck, Greta, Greta Gerwig, Bong Pong Jun Ho, James Mangold. I think I would not have Tarantino in this. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now it's a I, spot. Now I'm going to read to you first my runners up. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we have all night. My runners up are Ro- David Robert Mitchell for Under the Silver Lake, uh, Ryan yes. Johnson for Knives Out, yeah. Marielle Heller for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, mm-hmm. Alma Harrell for Honey Boy. Julius Ona for Loose, James Gray for Ad Astra, Pedro Almodovar, uh, I actually can't even say his name, Pain and Glory, Fernando Marielis for The Two Popes, and Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Those are all spectacularly directed films. Maybe I might move Marielle Hellers into this fifth slot instead of whom I'm about to say, but I have to say, I think the nomination should go to Anthony and Joe Russo. For Avengers Endgame. <laughs> I mean, for the movie is imperfect. For it sure. Is. But okay. <laughs> I was about what I'm about to say may seem at odds with what I was saying about 1917. <laughs> but at least this movie works. 
You know? What they had to do, the culmination of, what, 25 films, 25 long-form storytelling of not even their own, it's, it's a phenomenal piece of filmmaking, imperfections and all. So I do think, and done with um, uh, 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 joy. And, and with a light touch, with serious stuff, it's great. Um, great entertainment. Uh, but of those five people, Greta Gerwig is far and away the, the, the winner. Yeah, Just I agree. Flawless filmmaking. Ridiculous that she wasn't nominated. <laughs> I know. The biggest crime ever that she wasn't nominated it's, for. It's offensive. Next up. Oh. Bong Joon-ho. So the award went to... Bong Joon-ho. Said, Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. Woo-hoo. Extremely happy. Yes. I mean, he, he, he was in my top... He was my number two director for the, for the year. Yeah, so me too. I, me I, too. Was, I was very happy about that. Um, saying that he was going to cut up his statue with a Texas chainsaw. <laughs> very funny. That was a very funny touch. <laughs> then Steven Spielberg comes out, speaking of great directors, mm-hmm. for the In Memoriam. Yes, and Billie Eilish comes up, and we learn that she's going to sing the Paul McCartney composition yesterday, and she breathes out her first two notes, and I'm like, "This is going to be a disaster." <laughs> and then she killed it. Yeah, she did really good. She was great. She sang it better than Paul, Sir Paul, to you and me. Sang it better than Paul. Wow. Well, I I, I thought it was great. Yeah. She did a great job. I'm glad, however, that they weren't showing her when she sang the whole song. Yeah, no, definitely. Because it's, something weird, and it wasn't her outfit or her hair or anything. It was her expressions they had in the very beginning while she was singing that made me go, this doesn't feel very reverent. Like, it should be reverential, right? She's and so her, 18. And she's so 18. So I was like, it, I'm glad they moved off her, but just listening to it, it was beautiful. And I'm not even a Billie Eilish fan. I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not really a particular fan of, of her music. Um, but I, I, she sold me on this one. It was a great job. Yeah, great job. She won me over. How did I you also see- liked her lion head necklace. Ah. Like black, black metal lion heads. <laughs> so that's good. Uh-huh. And uh, it was, I thought it was a well done in memoriam. Yeah. What did you think of them having more than one person on screen at a time? That's good. It was fine. I didn't, it didn't bother it, me. I don't know. It, it kind of was, it, I mean, it bothered me a little in the sense that in a way it was saying like, you know, some people are going to get full screen because they're important and other people we just got to acknowledge and get through, right? So when you see people like Terry Jones and Rutger Hauer sharing screen or any anybody, really anybody sharing screen, you're just kind of like, well, why are they less important than, you know? Well, because they're sharing screens guys. with like hair designers and people's names most yeah, but they're important. Know. They're important too. They're part of the industry. I know, so but it's the like, choice yeah. between making them share a screen or cutting them yeah. from the real. That's I true. I choose sharing the screen. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, they're all going to share a grave. <laughs> That's right. Everyone in Hollywood is piled into one big. Oh wait, we shouldn't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Getting into some under the Silver Lake yeah. stuff again. <laughs> I'm not going to go down that path. Um, hey. George McKay comes out mm-hmm. to introduce uh, Olivia Coleman, one of your favorites. 
Ah, oh, who has the best joke of the night? Well, she comes out, I was Seymour so says. Thrilled. Oh, look, she got promoted on Star Trek. <laughs> Can Olivia Coleman just do everything from now on? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I've loved her for so long on Mitchell and Webb look and Peep Show and all these things. And to fact, now she's come out, now she's like so huge. I love it. Um, and I just, I don't, I don't think we can exhaust of her. But she had the, the best line of the night. I laughed so hard uh, with the, uh, thank you for having me back. This night last year was the greatest night of my husband's life. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the outpour that came for that, too. He's just, just perfectly staying. He goes, he says it all the time. And I've had three babies, so you know. <laughs> she's the best did you notice though when she like she she was standing there and she just introduced all the five uh, nominees for best actor and she said I wish all of these men could win and there were giggles in the audience and I there were some like a couple of people went (laughs) and I think they thought that that was a dig because, you know, there's been a lot of things like congratulations to those men, meaning there is nobody but men in this category. Congratulations to those men. And I don't think that was a dig. I think that was honest. Because what are you going to do? It's the male actor category. What are you going to do? Yeah. So, right. like, I think she was just genuinely saying that, you know. But yeah. there was a weird Twitter in the audience when that happened. And, yeah, and you know what? She's right. I wish all of them could win. They're all fantastic. So Joaquin, uh, so Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Antonio Banderas, Pain of Glory. We talked about him. Adam Driver in Marriage Story and Jonathan Price with the Two Popes. Can we talk about Adam Driver for a second? Uh, yes. This is a great field. This is, this is a five great performances. Five great performances. Uh, we've talked about Leonardo DiCaprio's at length and, and, and the other in the other podcast, but he's yes. definitely a great, uh, great performance there that should be recognized. Um, Antonio Banderas, we talked about earlier. Adam Driver had a great year. He not only separate now this shouldn't be considered, but separate from this, he he is the lead in the movie called The Report, which is on Amazon Prime right now, and uh, it's he's incredible in that too. Yeah, uh, good. A, more under, It's very good. It's it's you'll see where it falls on my list. It's too bad I won't see it because I don't give money to Amazon. That's right. It's a very good movie. It's about to see. It's about the report done on the CIA's uh, covert torture program. And uh, he plays Daniel Jones, uh, the person assigned to doing that. And uh, Lynette Binning, who's also amazing, plays Diane Feinstein in that. It's a very good movie. He's in that. He was in uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, where he actually got me teary-eyed in Star Wars. Mm. That's a lot of happened. That hasn't happened in a long time. When he mm. finally caught, you know, the look, his own reaction to calling Han Solo dad was... Truly affecting, I think. Like his own reaction to hearing him say dad. It, you know, even though clearly he was supposed to say mom. Cause <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Clearly. That should have been Leia's force ghost. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and, then, and then he also was in Terry Gilliam's A Man Who Killed Don Quixote, which ultimately wasn't a very good movie at all. Uh, but, uh, well, no. It that finally good, came out? It finally came out with a, just a little oh, whimper. It came out this year. And uh, both he and Jonathan Price are great in this really subpar movie. Oh. Um, they're both check that out. good performances. Eh, eh. Movie that's been eh. made, what, five times now? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's, a, it's okay. I mean, I, oh, if, wow. you want, if you want to spend time doing that. No, um, but he, but he's he's he is good in it, and so is Jonathan Price. Um, he's in Marriage Story. I mean, all of these performances, I'm like, these are best actor winnings performances. I kind of felt Adam Driver's performance was one that needed the award. Not not like it was lacking, but like the universe is trying to will that into <laughs> to give him that because. That was, I can't even begin to go through the layers of what he was, the work he did on that movie. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I totally agree. Uh, going through, going down the list, I'm going to go down the list a little bit. Antonio Banderas had talked about Jonathan Price. I, I mean, Jonathan Price is always great. He's always great. I couldn't stay awake during the two popes. That's too bad. <laughs> and uh, uh, maybe that's not his fault, but I blamed it on him. <laughs> that's probably unfair. <laughs> probably unfair, yeah, maybe. Because what I saw was very good. Okay. Joaquin Phoenix and Joker. I think we're going to get to him in a minute because he, he... He won. He won. <laughs> but I, I, my rankings would be Antonio Banderas... Uh, no, Jonathan Price, last place. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> then Antonio Banderas, Leonardo DiCaprio, Joaquin Phoenix, and then Adam Driver. That would be mine, too. I, I, would, oh. I, I wouldn't put him in Jonathan Price in fifth place for any punishment <laughs> <laughs> or for any punitive measure. But, yeah, that would be mine, too. Um, uh, I, I totally agree with you. I feel like like a decade from now, two decades from now, this is the one you look back and say, "Yeah, were they crazy not giving yeah. Adam Driver this Oscar?" Yeah, yeah. Like I think Joaquin Phoenix is just going to end up showing being like this showy, gimmicky kind of performance. I mean, it was good, and he yeah. did a lot of gymnastics in it. I don't think but, it's going to be gimmicky, but it's going to be definitely one where you're like, <sighs> it's not, re- it's replicable, replicable, replicatable. <laughs> It's just Adam Driver digs so deep in yeah. this performance, and the hurt yeah. is so deep, yeah. and that he can keep this character sympathetic and for you to be rooting for him, right? To be happy while he's showing you progressively over the course of the movie about just how he wasted this relationship and how this yeah. divorce is his fault. Yeah. When it seems like at first he seems like the victim and then you find out over time, like, no, he's the cause of, of all of this mm-hmm. and that he, you don't, he never loses you yeah. in the course of that. Right. I mean, a lot of that's a script. A lot of that's the, the direction. A lot of that's Adam driver yeah, because he yeah. has to show you the depth of that hurt and he has to take you on that emotional journey and the, everybody talks about the <laughs> everybody talks about the apartment fight yeah as being an amazing scene and it is an amazing scene it's an amazing performance by both of them yeah but for me the being alive him singing oh, being yeah. alive at the it's, end was the scene of the year it was yeah it really was it i just really kept was. going back and watching that scene i was like before i go to bed i have to watch adam driver sing singing being alive yeah the the direction in that scene, the choice to put it, the choice to have it, 
the choice to put it mm. where it is in the movie is like the cap, the end cap on like his his journey and like the moment where he in the middle of singing this song is where he realizes <laughs> yeah. where he is and where he has to be. Yeah. And the way Adam Driver sells that, like yeah. shows that to you. It's amazing. Yeah. It's an amazing scene. It's like my the first time I watched it, my brain was on fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. With yeah. what I was seeing on the screen. <laughs> it's like a lark. Oh, I recognize this song. I'm just going to sing this to you for fun. I want to draw the funny dialogue signs on the side. I don't even sound like I can sing. Right. I have this untrained voice. And the way he, like, slowly adjusts the, the mic stand as he's singing, like, as he... Mm. As he's connecting to the song, he's yeah. singing more directly into the microphone. Um, I mean, he stops in the middle of the performance because mm-hmm. he's done. He goes back to the bench, but then he has another revelation, right? Yeah. He's like, oh, wait, this next scene is relevant. And then he goes back and then he finds the relevance and he re- finds the relevance and he finds like he finds his path forward in life as he realizes what he's singing and what it means. Yeah. And... Like he has these moments where he has this untrained voice and it's like he hits like a weird farty note, but then like his voice comes into focus as his mind comes into focus. Like it's an, <laughs> there's an incredible, oh, I wish yeah. it's in the bridge of the song. And there's yeah. one like held note where it's like, uh, like yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. hits the, the tremolo and it's like in his eyes. It's like, that's the moment where he is connecting to it. Yeah. Just like the physicalness, the physicality in that, that he, what he's expressing in every part of his body during that scene. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing filmmaking. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing cinema at that point. I got nothing to add. To, I, can't, I, I, I completely agree entirely with what you say. There's nothing I could add to that. The, the only thing I will add is that... Uh, 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 something that Adam Driver said was he said about on the, in the actors round table, he said that, you know, there's always, when you do movies, um, there's always that one scene that terrifies you that, you know, is coming up where you're like, Oh, there's going to be that big scene though, that everyone, the whole crew is kind of like, you know, there's going to be this one big emotional scene that we got, you know, and you're kind of dreading because so much is riding on it that you're, you're kind of scared. You're like, oh, I get to do, I get to do these other scenes first before I do that so I can I got time. And he goes, but on this movie, on Marriage Story, every scene was like that. Every day oh, he really? went to work terrified because he's like every scene it was just so he goes, and that's the credit to the script. That everything is written that well that every day I go to work and go, I can't just walk through some stuff. It's gonna be this hard every time. You know. So basically every scene, and you could tell because every scene is just as hard to do as the apartment scene that everyone raves about. Every other, every scene is that like the scene where he's being served papers. That's an, that's a great scene. Yeah, that's a great scene. The it's scene, like a farce. The uh. most, one of the most painful scenes in it is the whole Halloween sequence where he's going to take him trick or treating again. That hurts. That's the one that cements it is like, okay, this is, you've got a problem. You've got a problem, right? It's like, just, just let the kid just let eat his go. candy. Yeah. Watch a movie. Yeah. But no, it's, it's here. Oh yeah. Hear it. Okay. I get it now. 
this is yeah. why she had to leave him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But also, in a way, you, you understand his motivation, but you don't understand – you understand the hurt you have of like, yeah. I want to have this time with him. But the non-acknowledgement of he's already had this time, it doesn't – it's not for him at this point. You know? Yeah. All he, all he sees is that it was taken away from him. Yeah, all he sees – exactly. Exactly. And he's him, fixated. Him and running, he can't, him he can't see the wedge he's driving between <laughs> – Himself, his son, and fun. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Him running across sunset to trick or treat it. Because there's no, if you remember that area, I, I'm on it all the time. There's like, there's nothing is homey about that area. Yeah. And him having to trick or treat it like Pink Dot is like just, <laughs> oh my God. It's so sad. It's so, I was like, please let this sequence be over. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. I want to say something else about Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. Who was the prize. Has a great speech. We can talk about his speech in a second. But mm-hmm. one of my problems with his performance that I didn't get to in our Joker episode is the skinny exploitation. Ah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So as a skinny <laughs> who was mocked throughout my – really throughout my adolescence as other – young males were filling out and I was remaining rail thin as someone who anytime I put my arms above my head, my rib cage sticks out or my shoulder blades stick out weird. Uh, when you look at my back, I didn't really appreciate an actor losing 50 pounds and then like going out of his way to stretch on his couch or contort his body to exaggerate how freakish his body was now that he'd done this. I'm like, that's my normal body. (laughs) And to say that this is uh, akin to like his mental condition or like some other like disease of the soul that he has, I found kind of offensive. Oh really? Yeah. Not to mention just overdone period. Because they were, I guess they were trying to go for a malnourishment, but a visual for that, but it didn't really appear to be that, you know. He didn't have to sit around with his shirt off that no. much. It was all a freak show. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So that uh, I held that against him. Well, here's some here's some people we, other people we don't want to hold things against. So other good. Uh, my runners-up for this category, if you had any. De Niro wasn't nominated. And um, I'm fine with that because, honestly, the first half of The Irishman, I didn't like very much. I was too distracted by the face, by the 70-year-old man with digital mm. computers on his face. And, uh, and it all seemed very <laughs> by the numbers. However, the second half was very, very emotional for me. De Niro is doing some of his best work. And I understand that that wouldn't carry the weight if we hadn't seen the, the previous hour and a half. But I still didn't, I just didn't like the first half of The Irishman. The second half, there's some pretty great scenes, uh, performances from De Niro. So that's worth a mentioning. Um, I thought Robert Downey Jr. was really good in Avengers Endgame, just like he was in Infinity War. Uh, I think Joaquin Phoenix is one of my... Oh, oh wait, I never read my carnies. But here, here's my runners-up then. So it's De Niro, Downey, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix, Jonathan Price, 
um, Eddie Murphy in Dolomite. And here's a Dark Horse one. Uh, Mark Maron in this movie Sword of Trust. Hmm. He is surprised. I mean, he's not really a surprise that he can be effective in roles. But um, I was really taken by him as this pawn shop uh, owner who people come in trying to, to sell a sword or pawn a sword that supposedly proves the South won the Civil War. <laughs> and they, get, they realize that they can try to sell it to conspiracy kooks who are trying to find proof that the South really won the Civil War. <laughs> and, uh, and they get into some dangerous situations doing it. And um, Mark Maron has a scene with, I think, the director... Who is oh. He has this amazing scene with her in the, that I cannot shake. It's early in the movie. It's when she's come, she comes in. We don't really know their relationship, but we start to figure it out pretty quickly that uh, Lynn Shelton, that's right. Lynn Shelton directed it. Um, and she has a cameo coming in, and she's trying to pawn a ring. And the way he just looks at her, and you could tell that she's got some problems and that this ring actually meant something to between them. And all of it's unsaid, all of it's thing, and it's it's it's, it's a um I think he deserves some recognition for that. But if it were up to me, my uh five actors would be I'd swap out uh, I would go Antonio Banderas, Adam Driver. Andrew Garfield for Under the Silver Lake. <sighs> Kevin Harrison Jr. for Loose. And I really can't choose between Adam Sandler for Uncut Gems and Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Probably Leo. But I can't choose, so I got them split. But it doesn't matter because I'd give it to Adam Driver. That's my that's my awards. Boy, it's kind of amazing how in tune we are with most of these awards. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's been a. We don't always agree this much. No, we don't. I think, actually, I think we do sometimes. Anything else you. Any other bones, skinny bones to pick with uh, no, Joaquin? No. Oh, his speech. You had a good list. Yeah, it was a good speech. I'm not going to get into it. Um, yeah. It was very heartfelt, it was intense. The It made me worry about him a little bit, but um, he didn't say anything. He didn't express any fears and concerns that I don't have myself. Although I have, I hate the fact that when he got up there and everyone was applauding and he said, stop, I went, oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) But what he said was really beautiful. So it was beautiful. I'm glad glad I was wrong. In in this day and age, when we have so much to work on in terms of uh, human rights, human Mm -hmm. civil rights and um, uh, managing climate change in a way that doesn't cause the collapse of human civilization. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like animal rights could take a backseat. Now I'm pretty <laughs> conservative in that regard. I'm 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 pretty strict speciesist. Like I I don't I don't treat animals as having the same rights or even similar rights necessarily as as mm-hmm. humans. So I thought that was kind of breath wasted. Like if you're I think if we're trying to to get all on the same page about what's really important, I think uh, I think the cows might have to continue their servitude to us for a little bit. But 
Um, otherwise, I, 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 I like the whole thing. And as Seymour said, because he, he goes from that to how we need to forgive each other and, and, and redemption. And I thought that was great. I thought that was all right. Um, but then Seymour says he wants to cancel milk and cancel cancel culture. <laughs> but I also think that he, that he implied that he said humans are so ingenuitive, we can find ways to put milk in our coffee that doesn't, you know, basically hook living things up to being to being a cog in a that's, machine. That's basically. true. That's true. I want that human ingenuity to solve climate change first. Right. <laughs> but he's linking the things like this is how we treat each other and we treat our other living humans. And then these guys are living things are living creatures as well. And if we don't have humanity for them, how, we're not really having humanity for if we don't have a empathy or a sense of justice or injustice for what we do to, to these living beings. It's it kind of makes you question your sense of justice for everything else. But I agree we should fix ourselves first. <laughs> but through fixing ourselves is also not uh, ignoring the obvious pain of something that's living. Like there's a line in uh, in um, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood that I can't shake. Is that he, he? They go to a restaurant and the journalist. They go to a, a Chinese restaurant, I think, and uh, that he's serving out his dish. And the um, journalist asks him, "Are you a vegetarian?" And all Fred says is, I just just can't imagine eating something that had a mother. And that's going, you want to go, yeah, I, I want to be a vegetarian now too. <laughs> <laughs> when put like that, it's like, uh, yeah. Wow. Well, uh, we'll have to pick a movie that will let us get into this debate further. Okay. If that's what we want to do. Oh, damn it. I missed my... Runners up for best supporting actor. Damn it! Oh well. <laughs> Would you like to hit it on. now? Well, no. Best supporting actors. My runners up: Josh Brolin, Endgame; Tim Roth, Loose; Anthony Hopkins, Two Popes; James McAvoy, Glass; Ray McKinnon from Ford v Ferrari. I loved him in that movie. Which one is he? Uh, he's Pops. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Talk about uh, Pops. He's that. the priest from Deadwood. Yes, he is. That's right. Ben Mendelsohn, Captain Marvel, Michael Shannon, Knives Out, Daniel Craig, Knives Out, Tom Hanks, Beautiful Day, and Michael Mando from Hummingbird Project. And then, oh, we haven't got to actress yet. Never mind. Okay. So that's that was my sporting actor. Okay. There. Great. All right, moving on. Rami Malek, Freddie Mercury, without the teeth or the mustache. He still looks like he's having phantom Freddie Mercury teeth, though. Like he's, you can see him feeling him. Uh, I think he just still. like that. You know, even in the, in the trailer for the new James Bond movie, he just kind of seems not quite right. <laughs> not quite human somehow. I don't know. He's like a robot or an alien or something. There's something going on there. <laughs> some, he's some kind of infiltrator. I'm trying to figure out what. <laughs> and he, right. uh, he presents the award for Best Actress. Mm-hmm. Best Female in an acting role. (laughs) 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 All right. We have Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Shersha Rona for Ronan for Little Women, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. Now, I've not seen Judy, so I can't really do that yet. I'm expecting good things. 
Before I same saw here. Same here. Before I saw one of these movies, I well for a while there I thought I was going to go with Charlize Theron for Bombshell cuz she's pretty great. Yeah. And pretty transformative. But Scarlett Johansson is her her work in 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 Marriage Story is quite amazing. Well, then I saw Little Women, and I'm like, well, of these of these, it's Saoirse Ronan. It, I, my my heart's with her on on these uh, uh, for, for of these actors. I agree. I think and, watching that, I was like, is she our next Meryl Streep? I think she is. She can do I think anything. She totally is. She has unlimited potential as a, as an actor. Yeah, she can do light comedy. She can do <laughs> heartbreaking drama. She can do powerful stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Her her range in this movie is great. Yeah, it's incredible. Cynthia Revo is good in Harriet. She is very good. The movie doesn't give that character certain moments that I think it should that robs her of moments. Um. I can't believe there hasn't been a Harriet Tubman movie until now because it's such a a, a great idea, an important idea, and just make a great action movie, which is what they were trying to do. Mm. I think the movie stumbles a lot. I or rather feels. I don't know. It brings up some things that are good that I haven't seen before. It kind of falters. But the thing that I really do, the, what I will compliment it on, is that it. Um, I think the director said in her round table that she wanted Harriet to not be a movie about slavery, but rather be a movie about freedom. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's a great way to work through. And that came across. That worked. So credit to that for that, because that's, that was the right thing to take. It's just, I don't know. I'd like, I'd like to see that movie done again differently. Yeah. I've heard word of mouth that it's not, she's great. And it's not that good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I, I, I'd be curious to see. I'd be curious to see what um, the director of, of uh, Mudbound would do, D. Rees. Oh yeah. With that, I would be very curious. To the see. only two of these I saw were, were Marriage Story and Little Women. I thought Scarlett mm-hmm. Johansson was great in in yeah. Marriage Story. I, I, I there's no one I could bump her for. Uh, but yeah, Sosha Ronan. Sosha Ronan is so good at like showing someone projecting strength. That's masking insecurity. Yes. She's awesome at that. Yeah. Like the, the trait, have we talked about this before? The trailer for little women? No, I thought they, they did. They did something in it that I thought was when I saw the movie, I'm glad they left it out of the trailer, but I'm so glad it's in the movie. In the trailer, they have Saoirse Ronan saying, um, I'm so tired of, People thinking that love is the only thing a woman's good for. I'm so sick of it. And then they moved on. And then you're like, you go, okay, so this, this, we're seeing the more modern day um, uh, viewpoints or the more, you know, come in. We're, 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 this is great. But then the movie does, she says, I'm tired of them thinking women is only good for. I'm so sick of it. But I'm so lonely. Yeah. Yeah. And in that, it's it's so it's such a true thing to be like I'm so at odds with the stere- with the the, hor- the horrible things that's being shoved on all of us, but I do need that too. I just can't have that be all of it, you know. Yeah. I need these other things, 
And um, the fact that we aren't allowed anything but that one thing is killing me. I have to resist it, but I also want it. And um, against my will. And uh, uh, I'm glad I didn't put it in the trailer because it would have it would have felt more like, uh, see, women can't stop being just lovely women. <laughs> They're not meant for that other thing. But in the whole in the context of the whole movie, it's so so moving. The, the scenes between her and, and Tracy Letts, especially at the end where mm. she's negotiating for her copyright. Oh, yes. That's just where you can totally imagine a lesser performer. All they know to do is to project the strength. Like, I'm taking control yeah. of my life now. And so this is how I'm I'm going to win this confrontation with you. Right. And what Sosha Ronan can do is she, she can show you that she's navigating the situation she doesn't know what the right choice is yeah that she knows she's in a position of weakness right now and she's trying to claim strength right you know right. and it's yeah. just the same lines it's not in the dialogue it's all her it's all her yeah yeah uh, she's she's amazing she's she's a she's a revelation she's a treasure she's a treasure yeah <clears throat> the old, uh, uh if i'm going to marry my main character off for money, then I probably should get some of that, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't argue with that, mister. Ah, so good. So yeah, uh, if if I had my druthers, uh, I would have changed this category to be, ooh, hmm. I would have changed this category to be uh, Ana de Armas for Knives Out, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Lupita Nyong'o for us really that was also awful that she wasn't nominated I keep hearing that I have to see that um, Shersha Ronan for Little Women and Charlize Theron for Bombshell <sighs> after what I just said I don't know if I can go with what I'm going to do here but it's ever since I saw us it's Lupita Nyong'o is that's it oh She's really one. yeah did you yeah. have Scarlet? Uh, did you have Scarlet in your five? I did have Scarlet there. I had Scarlet there. Scarlet, Lupita, and Sersha, and Charlize, and Anna. Tell me a little bit um, about what you thought of, of Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story, because we talked about her in mm, Jojo Rabbit. And I'm losing my voice. I think she is... Um, I think she is uh, honest. I, I think she's... She has a more accessible um, performance than I've ever seen her. I mean, the, the, what's so great about her role or her performance is that this is a, she, she. She seems to be really tuned into the fact that she's there, the, to Noah Baumbach's. Um, I guess whole point is that this is a love story, and. Um, it's a love story because they got married because they were in love and she loves him but she can't not you also can't not be yourself and go for the things you want to go for and so she's trying to break to to go for where she knows she has to go but she to do that, it's like it's like, but she's also not going to try to justify things to uh, or make things up in order to vilify him to go. But that's what ends up happening. And like, I don't know. I I it, it 
I saw a portrait of someone who was constantly trying to convince themselves of things they didn't want to convince themselves of because for a better purpose. And mm. that is a, a, a layer of self-confusion that you can <clears throat> relate to and your heart breaks for. And I don't know. It was, it was, a, it was a very moving, very well realized performance. And, um, and I'm sure, you know, they both inspired each other and brought it each time. So, yeah, she was exceptional. I will say, though, that I would give it to Sersha over Scarlet just because, I don't know, there's something about that performance in Little Women that's just like, it like, it's like a ray, it's, it's like a, like two rays of sunshine just cupping you by your head and holding you whole. <laughs> you know, to where you're like, it's not aggressive, but you're like, I am held here. I don't know what I'm doing. No, nowhere else I could look. Yeah. You know, there was something great about Scarlett Johansson, like showing you someone who's has to learn a new way to be. Yes. You know, and right. It's trying to, trying to hold the line while doing it. Yeah. yeah. That, that thing of like going, I need to do this for myself. And yet she's she's having to defend taking a job in something she knows isn't as good, but it's hers. Yeah. Right? It's hers and she needs that. But then she's feeling stupid having to defend something that she knows is beneath her. Yeah. Yeah. But she, you have to she has to go out and grab it if it's hers. She has to take it. And so yeah, that that was pretty oh she did that very well. Yeah, she was great. But none of them won the prize. It went to Squinty. <laughs> Renee Zellweger. Come on. Or Judy. She is Squinty. Would she squints a lot. Uh, also, <laughs> she does, that's her charm. When uh, we were watching her get interviewed on the red carpet, uh, Ichabod said, Oh, she sounds like a female Daniel Tiger. <laughs> and she totally does. And Renee Zellweger. Gets up there dressed as Arclite from the Marauders. If you remember the mutant massacre from. No. Oh! <laughs> the, 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 the attack in the Morlock. She was the, the muscle right. on the team along with Blockbuster. Uh-huh. The, again, with the asymmetrical Chloe uh, yeah. gown. And gives, for my money, the most boring speech of the Oscars. Boy, did this is that go why on. you've been? Is that why you've been dinging her this whole time? Oh my God, she went on and on. That speech was yeah, awful. It wasn't that? I didn't think. Eh. Oh, it was so boring. Yeah. I just started googling. Okay, what is what is her accent? Where is she from? Anything to distract she's, myself. She's from, she's from Tennessee, isn't she? She's from Texas. Oh, that's right. Uh, I think Austin area, but her mother was Norwegian and was a governess for a Norwegian family. So. Oh. But she definitely sounded like someone who trained all the Texan out of her at some mm-hmm. point in her career. So, I want to hear more about the Carnies. Oh, well, I told you my, my five. Yes. But I have my runners-up, which are the two leads from Booksmart, Caitlin Deaver and Beanie Feldstein. And then Naomi Watts in Loose was in my... Top five for the oh yeah, where's Naomi Watts been? She hasn't 
She's, she's very in good in Loose. She's very good in Loose. Loose is, is about um, a young man in high school played by Kevin... Kevin let me get this. I want to make sure I get it right. Kevin Harrison Jr. I keep wanting to say Kevin Williamson. Kevin Harrison uh, Jr., who is an uh, African American uh, adopted child that Naomi Watts and Tim Roth had adopted, and he's like the star um, of this school. Not only for for being a, a great athlete and a great student, and a great everything, but because he was from a war torn. Um, uh, area in Africa that he was adopted out of mm. and went from nothing to nothing to all this stuff. So he, he's like the poster child for what everybody wants this to be. And Octavia Spencer is her his teacher who come, basically has some concerns with some um, things he wrote in an essay. And um, the school doesn't want her messing up because like he's the star, he's the star of everything. He's the poster child for everything we want to be. Mm-hmm. So don't don't criticize him. And it and it it's you've got a mother who is starting to suspect there might be something really dangerous about her son that she's loved and cared for, but doesn't want us to tread on any stereotypes. Doesn't want us to protect her son, even if he did do these things. But the mere thought that he might have done them is going to be damaging enough to her son. You know, it's really complex, and uh, mm-hmm. the three, the four actors in it are all nomination worthy. They're you know, especially um, uh, Octavia and Kevin Harrison Jr. But the um, but Naomi Watts is quite com- very compelling in it. Okay, I saw the trailer so for this, and it, it looked just like very talky and stagey mm-hmm. and like a. It's a play. Maybe like a, okay. But, it did feel like an adaptive well direct, play. It's, yeah. it's well directed. I didn't even I did, after I watched it. I didn't think it was a play until I saw the credits. Like, oh, it's based on a play. Um, also, Emma Thompson in Late Night is very good. So, uh, in that uh, movie as well. Okay. So uh, that's my runners up, and that's all the categories but one. Right? We got that's one it. left. We're on to best picture. We have nine. Count them. Nine best picture. Uh, nominees. Do you want to focus on the field? I mean, I think we people can probably we, guess our rankings at this point. Yeah, I think so. Let's just Orby go Ferrari. through. Let's just hear the your full list for the year, and then we'll hear where these movies <laughs> fall in there. That's a good point. Well, we all know Parasite took it. That's great. That's awesome. Awesome. So thrilled for that. Yeah, I do think Little Women is the masterpiece to that. Should get it. I had but, I had five movies. I would have been very happy if any one of one of them won. So I, I was I was very happy for Parasite. Well, this if you you really want to hear my rundown of all these movies, little oh boy, I'm starting to change my number one, dude. I'm what? Starting to change my at, number one at this late stage. At this latest stage, because the whole uh, oh drama. Because I've had this number one for a very long time, and I knew it was never going to be knocked out. But uh, I think I know the num- what's happening. The number, the number two was the only movie that challenged it. I know what's going on maybe here. Maybe I shouldn't. Should I? This is this is Avengers Endgame and Little Women are now That's right. duking it out at the top of your They're list. duking it out at the top of the list. So we'll see by the time I get to the end, okay? Here okay. we go. 
So of the 56 movies I've seen this year, okay, so these are uh, um, these are just in my order of favorites. Okay. Okay. Starting with number 56, Playing with Fire. Ooh. That's the John Cena fireman movie. That's right. Yep. The I got a kid. Uh, the Man Who Killed Don Quixote, Harriet, The Kitchen, The Art of Self-Defense, Hummingbird Project, Always Be My Maybe, Between Two Ferns, The Movie, yeah. Glass, John Wick, 3, chap- John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. Oh, down there. 1917. I probably should swipe. Th- probably should swap those, actually. Greener Grass. Abominable. Now we're getting into this is I think above 1917 it was like these are pretty these are okay. 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 Greener Grass, Abominable, Adam's Family, Deadwood the Movie, Good Boys, Joker, The Peanut Butter Falcon, Blinded by the Light. Joker should be lower, I think, and they're really not very good, but cuz these Blinded by the Light and Peanut Butter Falcon are just a joy. I just think the Joker was successful at some things and really not at others. Yeah, so it got I agree. Higher than it's, a, it's a hard one to rank. Um, it's a hard one to rank. So Joker, Peanut Butter Falcon, Blinded by the Light, Shazam. I really enjoyed Shazam. <laughs> El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. Oh, I just see that still. The Day Shall Come. And I, I have The Lighthouse here, but I can't really rate it. Because I fell asleep in the middle of it. Ah, uh, yeah. And I, I don't know. I feel like it could be higher. I, I can't really rate it. Then um, uh, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Spider-Man Far From Home. Star Wars is pretty high. I probably should put that down some. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Late Night. And then at the 30th rank, we've got Little Monsters. Which is a Zillion or Australian... Zombie movie with Josh Gad, the aforementioned Josh Gad, Mm -hmm. and the aforementioned Lupita Nyong'o, who is not only radiant and beautiful as all hell in that movie, she's also got a really good performance in this zombie movie Hmm. that is worth noting. So uh, check out, uh, it's on Hulu. Um, What's it called again? So there's that. Little Monsters. Little Monsters. It's a very funny zombie movie. Fast zombies or slow zombies? Eh, Slow. Slow Uh, zombies. Good, good. Then we've got Sword of Sword of Trust, Captain Marvel, The Farewell, Dolomite is my name, Ad Astra, Bombshell, The Irishman, Us, Booksmart. Now those last five are in my. These are getting good. These are getting real. These are getting pretty good. Okay. Up here. Now we're going to, to the twentieth. Now we're getting into, I really love these. All right. The Report. Lego Movie 2, the second part. I got something to say about that. Don't let me forget. Lego Movie 2, the second part. Monos. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Honey Boy. Pain and Glory. Jojo Rabbit. The Two Popes. Uncut Gems. Tigers Are Not Afraid. Now we're at number 10. Toy Story 4. Loose, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Under the Silver Lake, Knives Out, Marriage Story, Ford v. Ferrari, Parasite, (sighs) Adventures in Game, 
and then Little Women. <laughs> I really want Fitchers and Game to be at the top, but I just can't anymore. I just can't. Little Women is perfect. It's the closest thing. It's the closest thing to a part to a perfect movie since Get Out, really. Wow. And I would say probably more so. Mm. Uh, I have to switch it. I gotta switch it. So yeah, so top five: Marriage Story, Four View, Ferrari, Parasite, Endgame, Little Women. Awesome. That was hard. That felt hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll make mine real quick if I may. Then please, 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 please. I'll, I'll try to be quick. In my awful bucket, I only had one movie. And that was Men in Black International, which I really, really hated that movie. <laughs> and the really not very good Between Two Ferns, the movie. I, I there's things I still loved it. It was just such a dumb, sloppy. Yeah lazy movie though it knew it was it wasn't trying to be anything more it's not yeah it's not like date like the epic movies or date movies lazy it's just yeah we're just being funny but like yeah it's it wasn't really trying and it knew it um joker and uh, deadwood the movie passable entertainment 1917 mm-hmm. i did not feel i wasted my time during 1917 i yeah. thought it was interesting <laughs> i didn't think it was yeah. a success no, was. totally but like Oh, that's cool. It's like going to an old Omnimax movie or something without the motion sickness. <laughs> uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi and Detective Pikachu. The, the Last Jedi? Last Jedi. Or Ra- Rise of Skywalker. Damn it. Last Jedi was... T- Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how memorable it was. Like, as I was <laughs> driving home from that movie, I was like, I don't, I don't think I remember half of that movie. I, yeah, I didn't either. But it was recognizable as a Star Wars movie, so <laughs> it's passable entertainment. Didn't feel like it wasted my time. The pretty good Jojo Rabbit, Lego Movie, the second part, Captain Marvel, the two popes. Let's pause here to hear your thoughts on Lego Movie, the second part. Oh, I don't know why it's not my favorite movie of all time. Because, I mean, I think... When I saw it, I was like, eh, I expected it to be disappointing. Sure. It's good. It's good. And I think, honestly, I bet it's a lot, I think it's a lot better than I think it is. I just have a stigma that it's not the Lord Miller directing it, even though they wrote it. I think I still just have a stigma that it's not them, so it can't be as good. Plus, I think it's, it's under the, um, it has the, in the shadow of what the first Lego movie did, which is, just incredible and yeah. it can't it's revelation that it had they can't rehab again but I wonder why I don't still consider it to be the movie for me because it basically validates my existence <laughs> um, if you think about what the movie is about <laughs> The movie is about a man who's told that he's too nice, he's too trusting, he's too open, and that these qualities are not only bad for the group, it was dangerous for the group. That you that that we that you are going to do us in because you are you. Because you you are these things that are not helpful right now. And they're all your best qualities. And they're all your best qualities. And so then, 
your your community is and the ones you love is put in da- in in danger and harmed because of your good qualities. And so you heart you say I have to change. I they got hurt because I couldn't change. And then he meets someone who seems to represent everything that he is being told he should be. And it turns out, obviously, that that person is him from the fu- coming back from the future, mm-hmm. having experienced trauma and let, the, and let that trauma define him and harden him and not have his best qualities anymore. And then you see what that ends up doing to himself, to the world, to his community. And in it's only through his own, through the very qualities that he um, was questioning, but also couldn't deny that he gets to not only rescue his friends, but heal everyone, you know? That should be the movie of my life. <laughs> that should be the thing that affects me more than everything. And I'm really surprised that it doesn't. Um, and I don't know why that is. Because as a story, that's like everything I ever wanted. Uh, everything I ever needed. And so, um, but, so it's a good story, I think. Um, also, I think three of its songs should have been nominated for original song. Ooh. I forgot to mention that. I think "Not Evil" is the best song of the year. That was a great. That was a great sequence. That was a. Ex- that was a great number. Yeah, except for the fact. Very funny scene. That the, and maybe this is one reason why I don't like like is that, is that one thing I, I I like the fact that it turns out that she isn't evil. She just has poor word choices. <laughs> and 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 that's a good thing to learn too. Is that like look you know. Things aren't always what they seem because they're just in relation to yourself. You need to like, you know, be more open and more trusting and like and like and find out, you know. And um, not, not everyone's an enemy. Um, but even though they, you know, there's that. But I think the weird thing is that the movie later undermines the power of that song because when I hear that song, I think of Trump, and I think it's teaching kids to like look when people. Are, show themselves to be what they are you should listen Mm. (laughs) (laughs) when they are so obviously one thing maybe you ought to pay attention and then the the song shows how all the people around you can be so easily swayed by their own self-interest how they can all be like uh, well she's obviously this evil queen Oh, I can get my own pirate ship with everything. Oh, she's cool, not evil. <laughs> and how quickly people will abandon their principles for their own self-interest. Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing. And it's a hilarious song on to boot. And Tiffany Haddish is perfect in that. <laughs> she's, she has a great performance in that song. Also, I think the other songs um, like uh, uh, Gotham City Guys are is pretty funny and pretty great. And then, uh, but the song that probably can't be nominated because it's an adapted song is Everything's Not Awesome. Oh, yeah. Everything, Everything's Not Awesome is a truly moving and important song. <laughs> <laughs> and they're saying everything's not awesome, but that doesn't mean 
that doesn't mean we, that you we shouldn't try, you know, kind of thing. It's really it's really a beautiful song. Well, that was a great really, thoughtful really take funny. on a movie that I surprisingly really enjoyed while I was watching and was impressed by, and then immediately forgot all about. So <laughs> yeah, I do too. I forget about it all the time, and then I'm watching, and then I kind of come think about it. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, that was really powerful and why don't i recognize that kind of like scarlett johansson and jojo rabbit i'm like why don't i recognize that when i'm watching it i'm going wow and later i'm like it's not so whatever okay i'm gonna reconnect with that but first i'm going to reconnect my list really quick in the really good category dolomite is my name midsommar the art of self-defense is my game i i dug what the art of self-defense was doing even if cool (laughs) even if it was all over the place um apollo 11 and Spider-Man Far From Home. The Great. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of movies in here. It was a good year. Yeah. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm counting Chernobyl because it's all the same director and writer. <laughs> so I'm just treating it as a chopped up movie. Uh, Avengers Endgame. Ford v. Ferrari. The Lighthouse. Knives Out. Parasite. The Irishman. Toy Story 4. And then the masterpieces. The Little Women as discussed. And... I put in this category marriage story. Yeah. That that movie stung me. And I'm not even getting divorced. Uh, <laughs> what I didn't talk about I have been was divorced, so yeah. There were two movies that made me laugh a lot more than I expected. The Lighthouse. I was not expecting this to be a laugh out loud movie, and I laughed out loud several <laughs> times during the lighthouse in a way that I was not laughing at the movie. I was like really enjoying what I was, what was happening and yeah. laughing out loud. My biggest laughs of the year were during marriage story. Oh yeah. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody talks about what a depressing movie it was. I, my, I, I laughed the hardest at that movie of anything. Cause they were, the laughs were so deep. Yeah. And the movie is not, I mean, it's, it's rough, but it really is a celebration, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. It's not depressing. It's just, this is hard. This is unfair that it's so hard. But, yeah. man, it really is a celebration. It's about how to move forward. It's about how to move forward. Yeah. How do we live a life after uh, after you two people who love each other decide not to be a family? How to, not to be a couple anymore? Well, that seems like a good place to wrap up. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. Unless you had anything you really needed to work in. I don't think so. Um, oh, except for the fact that my favorite moment of the entire telecast was when Parasite won and the first producer spoke and then the lights went out and <laughs> oh, yeah. on the second yeah. producer and they moved over to Jane Fonda to go, okay, we're going to, this is the end of the show. And the entire crowd, especially the ones in the front, like Tom Hanks and Charlize Theron, are going up, 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 up. <laughs> bring up. the lights it's up. Like, yeah, bring yeah, bring the lights up. Let's hear what they have to say. You know, let's do that. And that was that was really that's my favorite moment of the night. I uh, I, I was so happy that Parasite won. I'm like, wow, this is really great. And you know, thinking like so much of the evening was a commentary on. And basically, Oscar so white. Yeah, and it was really an Oscar so white evening. Uh, but then mm. they got the they got the big prize and the most awards of any other movie. And yeah, the whole Oscar so white thing isn't going away anytime soon. But with an Asian language film winning Best Picture, 
you could start the hashtag Oscar so right. <laughs> but I wouldn't recommend it. No. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't recommend that either. At least be very careful with your spelling. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed this walk through 2019's movies. It was a great year. I still got a ton of movies to see. And so it will continue to be so. I still need to see Her Ashes Pure White, Her Smell, The Laundromat, American Woman, Everybody Knows, Hustlers, All is True, The King, Queen and Slim, Hidden Life. It could, I could just literally be doing this. The Bread Factory. I'm sure you could. Uh, but uh, I think we are going to stop this recording session at a nice, tidy seven hours. Big Yesterday, the public, How to Train Your Dragon, Hidden World. A new record for us. Nancy Drew and the Hidden Staircase. We set a new Oscar speed record. <laughs> Getting this down to seven hours. So... Tell us what you thought about the movie year uh, or stuff that we messed up in describing it. So send us a tweet on Twitter. You Watched It Wrong is the channel. Uh, we have a Facebook page. You can email us at youwatcheditwrong at gmail. No, Happy Panic. You watched it wrong at happypanic.net. I should really write yeah. this out like on an index card. And if you didn't nominate Greta Gerwig in the directing category... You nominated it wrong!